You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning and welcome to the BT Powerhouse podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bendit. I am the host of the podcast. I am the manager of BT Powerhouse at the moment. It is uh, Thursday, March 14th, early in the morning. Um, (laughs) I wanted to have a, a brief podcast and I'm hoping to do this through the Big Ten tournament and through the NCAA tournament, but a, a quick nightly recap reaction to what happened on the court for the Big Ten last night and a brief look ahead at what has changed. Um, And I'll I'll get to the second part obviously later. Um, But of course, Big Ten tournament tips off yesterday, the Wednesday slate of games. Two games. First one was Nebraska against Rutgers. Uh, So it was the 12, well, the, the 12 seed Rutgers against 13 seed Nebraska, and then the late game, which was a rivalry game actually between 11 seed Illinois and 14 seed Northwestern in the Big Ten tournament. Um, obviously, a uh, both games were were very exciting. To be honest, uh, they both came down to the final minutes, and Illinois Northwestern ends up in overtime. Uh, I want to start first with the the Nebraska Rutgers game, sort of what happened, high and moving forward, sort of what it means for the Big Ten tournament. Um, I'm not going to talk about an overall preview of the conference tournament. Um, if you're interested in that, please check out the previous podcast where I got into a lot more of that, but this is really just reacting to what happened last night and looking at what changed. So uh, two of the matchups for Thursday, March 14th, which is today, we already knew coming in, we knew Indiana would be playing Ohio State, we knew Minnesota was playing Penn State, but we didn't know uh, what the other two games would be, who Maryland would be playing and who Iowa would would be playing. So really this is just to react to sort of Wednesday's games and those two games on Thursday that we really couldn't talk about because we didn't know who would obviously be playing in them at that point. So first off, uh Nebraska Rutgers. So Rutgers played overall pretty well uh during the game. They end up taking control in the second half. The two were were very tight early on, very tight through halftime. Um, one of the the earlier highlights was was Tim Miles running around and and falling. So uh, fans can, <laughs> I'm sure, got a laugh out of that. I know I did. But um, in the second half, Rutgers again continued to take control, as, as I said, and they end up having a a solid lead in the in the closing minutes, and then the wheels just came off. Uh, Nebraska went on, I believe it was a 13 or 15-0 run. They take control. They end up winning the game, and it doesn't even look like it was all that close. Um, In fact, it was a very competitive game. Rutgers just, frankly, collapsed down the stretch. Uh, For Nebraska, they have to be breathing a a sigh of relief here. Um, Certainly Tim Miles, who most 
think is on the hot seat at this point. James Palmer has a big night. I think he finished with like uh, nearly or over 30 points. And again, I apologize. I don't have my notes in front of me. But uh, big night, big night for James Palmer. Key factor in Nebraska getting that win along with, frankly, Rutgers collapsing down the stretch. But Nebraska picks up the win. Nebraska will now move on on Thursday afternoon. They will face off against five-seed Maryland. Now, a a little about this matchup. Um, Maryland certainly is the favorite on paper. Um, And if you've been reading our our Big Ten tournament breakdowns for for each team, um, I wrote this in there, but we know that Maryland is a better team than Nebraska. I mean, they have a better record. They're significantly higher on Ken Palm. Uh, I mean, you can you can really go through, I mean, almost any measure, and you're probably going to come out with the conclusion that um, Maryland is a better team than Nebraska. It, it's just reality. However, uh, can Nebraska pull off the upset? And I would I would say a couple things here. Number one. It's always possible. It's college basketball. But number two, Maryland has shown some vulnerability this season. Uh, they lost to Seton Hall at home, who is in a powerhouse. They lost to Illinois on a, on a neutral court. And Nebraska certainly uh, just as, if not better than, than Illinois, I, I would think, this year. Um, so Maryland has, has shown upset potential. And I think the other thing that's really big about these Thursday games and specifically the two that I'm talking about here on the podcast today, is one of these teams has already played this week. So Nebraska has already played this week, and the winner of the second game, which I haven't got to, um, which ultimately was Illinois, uh, they've already played. Maryland is coming into this game cold. Uh, the same for Iowa. They have they've not played since uh, what Maryland played last played on Friday. Iowa last played on Sunday where they lost that heartbreaker to Nebraska. But at the end of the day, one of these teams is already warmed up. One of these teams is already comfortable with the court. They've already won a game, so they're feeling confident. Uh, you know, this is the right removed from that win. Um, and they're used to the sight lines. They know where the locker room is, et cetera, et cetera. They're, they're just inherently more comfortable. And this is something I've always felt about the Big Ten tournament is that the teams that have played the day before are always at an inherent advantage. Now, the the two exceptions to that is, number one, if you have a, a very short bench, which unfortunately for Nebraska, they do. So that's something that, that Maryland fans have to be a little relieved about. Um, and then the other is certainly if, if you suffer some type of injury the day before, uh, which no significant injuries for, for Nebraska at this time uh, due to yesterday's game, at least that I'm, I can recall off the top of my head here. Uh, so I think there's some some upset potential. I mean, the the key players obviously to watch in this game uh, for Nebraska it's it's James Palmer. He's the guy who's going to have to carry the Huskers, frankly, unless uh, some players become available that we don't anticipate at this point for Nebraska. For Maryland, uh, it's Anthony Cowan, um, Morcel as well um, on the defensive end, and then Bruno Fernando, who is arguably one of the very best big men in the league. So I, I think those are the players you got to pay attention to for Thursday's game. On paper, there's no denying 
Maryland's better team. Maryland's favored. Maryland is expected to win. Um, but things do happen. Maryland has lost some games to not elite competition this season. Nebraska is going to be absolutely desperate. They want to save 10 miles. They want to keep their season alive. I went on a, a rant on the podcast earlier this week about how I thought uh Nebraska still had an at-large shot if everything fell perfectly. Obviously, they're going to need to win <laughs> today uh, to keep their season alive. If they lose to Maryland, the season is over. So it should be it should be an intriguing game um, from the Maryland perspective. Not not a ton on the line to be honest. You know, Maryland's not in a position where they're going to get a one seed or, or something like that. They're also comfortably in the field. I think if they lose to Nebraska, they're still going to make the NCAA tournament pretty easily. So not a ton on the line for the Terps. Uh, but, you know, th- this is a, a real opportunity for Maryland, you know, to try to turn the corner on the these last couple of years where it seems like Maryland has been a relatively consistent team. I know they missed the tournament recently, but relatively consistent as a top-end Big Ten team, top half, uh, generally maybe even a little above that. And they just they can't close out against top-end competition. They blow a game here or there. Postseason success has been mixed, to say the least. And they certainly, I, I think Terp fans still are, are just sick over Maryland's horrible performance in that uh, Big Ten tournament two years ago in Washington, D.C. So this is an opportunity to turn the page. Maryland has, <coughs> excuse me, Maryland has as much, if not more, talent than any team in the Big Ten tournament. And I realize Michigan State and Michigan are top ten teams. Purdue, by the advanced stats, is a top ten team. Wisconsin's a top 15 team. But Maryland, I honestly think you can make a strong argument that Maryland has more talent than any of those teams. And maybe that'll rub people the wrong way. I don't care. But when you have that much talent, you can make a run. This is a big opportunity for the Terps to convert that talent into wins. Um, I do want to note, I don't think it's you know a runaway advantage. I, I don't think you know this is the 96-97 uh, Bulls uh, against some college team or, or something like that. No, but Maryland has a lot of players that are going to, have time at the next level. They have players who could be drafted very high. Uh, you know, Fernando obviously is the one that stands out, and they have some really nice freshmen who have who have played really well this season. So I think Maryland has a ton of talent. They need to try to convert some of those into wins, and this is an opportunity to really turn the page on some of the struggles of the years past. Get some big wins, get some momentum into the postseason. So, should be a fun game. I don't think it will be a blowout. If it is, I think it will be in Maryland's favor, given Nebraska's short bench and injury situation. Uh, we'll see. I, I anticipate that it will be very competitive in the first half, and then um, it's going to be about whether Nebraska can sort of gut out the second half. We'll see, but um, I'm picking Maryland. But as I said, I, I certainly don't think it's a lock by any means, and I don't, frankly don't think any game in this tournament is a lock this weekend. It's just that kind of year. So with that, moving on to our, our second game of Wednesday night, which was Illinois against Northwestern. Ends up going into overtime. 
Illinois advances. They get a massive performance from Georgie. Um, it, big, big night uh, from the big man. Um, Illinois now advances. And I, I will say, I'll start first with Northwestern. I thought they put up a hell of an effort given the fact that Vic Law, uh, his injury situation, the fact that Northwestern got this game to overtime against a rival on a neutral court, were a couple, literally a couple baskets away from moving on. I, I thought that was a really gutsy performance. Um, unfortunately, the Wildcats don't have enough to advance. Really, really just a frustrating season for Northwestern from start to finish. The Wildcats never could get consistency. They really struggled to close out games. And I think you can go back to early December for an example. I mean, they played Oklahoma and Michigan, I believe, in back-to-back games at home. Both of those easily could have been wins. Instead, Northwestern, I don't want to say blows the games because I don't really think they were in a position to blow it, so to speak. Um, they didn't have that firm a control over either game, but two big opportunities. They can't close the deal. And those two wins would have been really valuable for momentum. I think they would have built a lot of confidence in the team. And I'm not saying Northwestern would have made the NCAAs or something if they had won those games, but it really, I think, would have set a tone for Northwestern moving forward. And then who knows uh, what might have changed after that. But frustrating season for Northwestern. Uh, they're obviously going to lose a decent amount this offseason. And I, I think, frankly, it's going to be an interesting uh, next couple of months for Chris Collins and his staff as they try to retool this thing. Northwestern's clearly... Uh, over the last couple of years has lost talent. I think this is a much less talented group than it was a couple of years back. And what are they going to do this offseason? I mean, they've gotten some decent, solid recruits the last couple of years. Um, I know Billy Donlin, one of their assistants, has, has really hit the recruiting trail well for them. But how are they going to come back? You know, are they going to be able to recruit well this offseason, given the the downslide here, so to speak? Um, it, it will be interesting to follow. I don't think by any stretch, uh, I'm not sure if, if this was insinuated, I don't think Chris Collins at all is on the hot seat, anything like that. You know, arguably the best coach in Northwestern history because he made the NCAA tournament. But it will be interesting to see how they react to this uh, lost season and how they come back next year. So uh, that's Northwestern for Illinois. Big win. Um, unlike Nebraska, I don't think they have any shot whatsoever at an at-large in the NCAA tournament. I don't think Illinois has any shot at an at-large into the NIT. So frankly, their entire season is win the Big Ten tournament or it's over. It's a it's a tough situation, but you know that's what happens when you have a losing record in the regular season. But big win for them against a rival. Uh, big performance in Chicago uh, around a um, the hometown fans, so to speak, against your in-state rival. Illinois will now move on and face Iowa. This game, uh, I actually I find this game a lot more intriguing than the first one uh, that I talked about today. The Nebraska-Maryland game. And the reason why is, first off, Illinois had a lot, the last two weeks have been relatively rough for the Illini. Haven't been that good. But generally speaking, since February, they've had a real uptick. They've performed a lot better. They've won a lot more games. They've pulled off some big upsets. I mentioned they beat Maryland a a ways back. Illinois has, has definitely improved. Now, have they improved enough to actually beat 
some some really high-end competition on a neutral court. We'll have to see this weekend. But Illinois playing better, I think, than they were certainly you know, in November and December. Iowa comes into this game on Thursday night. No momentum whatsoever. Hawkeyes have been a wreck the last three weeks or so. Fran McCaffrey suspended at one point. They've lost four in a row. They've lost five of six. Some of these games have not been competitive whatsoever, frankly, and they should have been. Um, they've they've missed opportunities. I mentioned the Nebraska game. They couldn't close it out. They let Nebraska push it into overtime. They end up losing um, in what was a, a tough loss for the Hawkeyes. So what what this pits is is sort of a, a team trending up, a, trim, a team trending down. Now, with that said, on paper, Iowa is a better team. And I, I don't think that's a, a crazy opinion whatsoever. Iowa has a better record. Iowa's probably going to the NCAA tournament. Um, Iowa has, has beaten far better opponents uh, overall than Illinois has, in my opinion. Um, well, I mean, I, I guess Illinois beat Michigan State. So uh, I'll, I'll just say, generally speaking, they, they have a better, uh, you know, quadrant one record and, and sort of tally of wins, in my opinion. But uh, I, Iowa, Iowa, just every every general measure is going to point towards Iowa. But again, it's the concept of one team seems to be trending up, one team seems to be trending down, and as I talked about with the other game, Illinois will have already played a game. They're going to come out ready. They're not going to need 10 minutes to sort of loosen up, get comfortable with where they're going, get comfortable with shooting. And for a team like Iowa, you know, that could be a uh, a disadvantage, a team that does rely on some outside shooting. So it should be an interesting game. Um, frankly, I, I kind of like Illinois to win this game. I'm It would be an upset, so I, I'm certainly not that confident in it happening. I could see this one going either way, but... I kind of like Illinois to get through this game and beat Iowa on Thursday night. And the main reasons are what I just said. I I think Iowa is playing some really um, underwhelming basketball, to to put it mildly at this point. They've lost to some teams, as I said, I I don't think they should have lost to. Now, maybe they've used the last week to sort of shake out their heads and, and get back into it, you know, Having Fran McCaffrey back full time certainly should help, but I think Illinois is going to be desperate. I think the Illini know that they have more talents and you know a better roster than what their record is. You know they they have twelve wins, I believe, after last night's win over Northwestern. They are uh, they their roster is. It's not indicative of what you would expect of a 12-win team, which, I mean, again, it's it's a 12-win team, so I'm please keep what I'm saying in context, but it's it's not really what you would expect. I mean, this is a team that beat Michigan State earlier in the season. They have guys, they have pieces, they have uh, really some really exciting players um, moving forward, assuming they're they're back, but. I think they're going to come out in desperation mode, and they and they know they need to win this game. So, uh, with that said, I, I think that's largely going to wrap up this podcast. It's going to be very brief, simply because uh, really just a, a short recap and a short look ahead of Thursday's action. Um, the Thursday slate, 
starting in the afternoon. We'll start with Indiana, Ohio State, which I talked about on our previous podcast is essentially a bubble elimination game. If you want more analysis on that game, go listen to the previous podcast. Check out btpowerhouse.com. Uh, that's that's game number one. Uh, game number two will be Maryland, Nebraska, which I talked about earlier. Game number three, and please note, if, if you're following on TV and whatnot, there is usually a break between game two and three. I'm not sure. I don't have the times in front of me, but there's usually an hour, hour and a half break where they, they split it up um, and uh, give people a chance to get in and out of the arena. So game three will be Minnesota-Penn State. Again, another game that I, I talked about pretty extensively um, on our podcast earlier this week. And then finally, the the wrap-up will be Illinois-Iowa, which I, I think should be a really exciting game. I like all these games on Thursday. Um, all of them have, if, if I'm getting this... Yeah, I, I think... In my opinion, I think every one of these games has some sort of NCAA at-large implications, with maybe the exception of the Illinois-Iowa game. I think Iowa is uh, a lot more comfortable than than people make it out, uh, make them out to be. I think they're probably in, barring some doomsday, maybe not a doomsday scenario, but a pretty unlikely scenario. So maybe not that game, but Minnesota certainly is not a lock at this point. I think they're very, very close, and they're more of, I, I think you're probably going to need a pretty crazy uh, set of circumstances, but um, I think they're probably going to get in, even if they lose to Penn State, but I do think there's some at-large implications there. Obviously, Indiana, Ohio State does, and as I said, I think Nebraska has a crazy outside shot, so some implications there as well. So it should be a great set of games, and uh, we'll bring the podcast back uh, tomorrow or early, well, yeah, what, yeah, tomorrow. So early Friday morning, uh, expect a recap preview podcast where we'll talk about the rest. So thank you guys for tuning in. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at tbendit. Please check out BT Powerhouse. We have tons of stuff this week. Thank you guys, and I will see you tomorrow.